Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson across the nation, and we got a ton to do in the next hour. In fact, I had to shake up the whole schedule of the show because, well, the president spoke, and my gosh. Uh, first of all, there are a couple of things you need to know. Uh, we are going to ban imported Russian oil, which is good. Majority of Americans say we need to do it. What you also need to know, I, you know, ah, I said this last week and I didn't tell Charlie to record it and I wish I had because I was right. The president banning Russian oil immediately, the media is coming out saying uh, you cannot blame Joe Biden for higher gas prices now. It's all Vladimir Putin. You can't do anything. Uh, and and listen, uh, Biden, of course, is out there denying everything. This is him from the White House a short time ago. But, 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 but. It's no excuse to exercise excessive price increases or padding profits or any kind of effort to exploit this situation or or American uh, consumers, exploit them. Russia's aggression is costing us all and it's no time for profiteering or price gouging. I want to be clear about what we'll not tolerate, but I also want to acknowledge those firms and oil and gas industries that are pulling out of Russia and joining other businesses that are leading by example. This is a time when we have to do our part and make sure we're not taking, we're not taking advantage. Look, let me be clear about uh, two other points. First, it's simply not let true that my administration or policies are holding back domestic energy production. That's simply not true. Even amid the pandemic, Companies in the United States pumped more oil during my first year in office than they did during my predecessor's first year. We're approaching a record levels of oil and gas production in the United States, and we're on track to set a record oil production next year. In the United States, 90% of onshore oil production takes place on land that isn't owned by the federal government. And of the remaining 10%, that occurs on federal land, the oil and gas industry has millions of acres leased. They have 9,000 permits to drill now. They could be drilling right now, yesterday, last week, last year. They have 9,000 to drill onshore that are already approved. So let me be clear, let me be clear. They are not using them for production now. That's their decision. These are the facts. Well, the fact is also, notice he keeps saying onshore, onshore, because he canceled offshore leases. And the onshore leases are more difficult to deal with. Why? In large part, because he also canceled pipelines by which they could safely convey the oil. He's also increased regulation and oversight. He's also driven up the cost. You know, when you go to, uh, when you go out west, or you go down to Louisiana, where I'm from, Where I'm from in South Louisiana, Exxon has a massive oil refinery. And there are flares that burn all night. Go out west to an oil field and you will see flares burning off the methane. The Biden administration has decided to start prohibiting that. It's necessary in order to now deal with the situation, they have to be drive up costs, make changes, and it makes it cost prohibitive for the oil companies to do. Now that gas is this high, some of them are starting to think we're at the, at the price point where it's no longer cost prohibitive to make those upgrades. But yes, his administration does, contrary to what he says, 
have a lot to do with it. But wait, there's more. Listen to this. It should motivate us to accelerate the transition to clean energy. This is a perspective that our European allies share and the future where together we can achieve greater independence. Loosening environmental regulations or pulling back clean energy investment won't, let me explain, won't, will not lower energy prices for families. But transforming our economy to run on electric vehicles powered by clean energy with tax credits to help American families winterize their homes and use less energy, that will, that will help. And if we can, if we do what we can, it will mean that no one has to worry about the price of the gas pump in the future. Yet you pours go buy your Tesla. Here's a little last bit from the president. Listen to this. And it will make America a world leader, manufacturing and exporting clean energy technologies of the future to countries all around the world. This is the goal we should be racing toward. You pours. You go to your Walmart for your cheap gas or your Kroger or your big big grocery store. Go to your Costco where it's now over four dollars a gallon. This is a this is a company that that uh, sells you rotisserie chickens as a loss leader to get you in the store. You poors need to go buy your Teslas. Go buy your Teslas and you'll be fine. That's the White House solution. Oh, it's not just him. Pete Buttigieg, the Secretary of Transportation, went there as well. Clean transportation can bring significant cost savings for the American people as well. Last month, we announced a $5 billion investment to build out a nationwide electric vehicle charging network so that people from rural to suburban to urban communities can all benefit from the gas savings of driving an EV. By the way, uh, you know what your gas savings is? It's actually maybe a few hundred dollars a year, maybe up to $1,000 a year. It's really not a ton of savings. But I want to put this in larger perspective for you. Bigger perspective. I, I want to do a little bit of a deep dive here. I grew up in the Middle East in Dubai. My dad worked for an oil company. That does not make me an expert per se, but I do know some stuff. And I have friends I can call on as a result. People I know who I can get the inside scoop on. Let me give you the deep dive here. What the Democrats are saying is that, well, you know, refinery capacity hasn't increased in the United States. That is true. Refinery capacity has not increased in the United States. And they also tell you, well, we couldn't get it out of the ground tomorrow, so it's not going to benefit us immediately. And they also tell us that you got all these leases out there, 9,000 some odd leases that aren't being used. I want to deal with these. First of all, on the leases, it is true there are a lot of outstanding leases. The Biden administration has also canceled a lot. When you listen to the Biden administration very carefully, you will hear them make the distinction between onshore and offshore, and they don't like to talk about offshore. They canceled a lot of leases for drilling offshore. And onshore, they've made it more difficult to get the oil out of the ground. In addition to the environmental regulations that they've demanded uh, be increased. So, for example, uh, they don't want you to be able to burn the methane off. When you pump gas out of, when you pump oil out of the ground, you get methane out and it's burned off. They don't want you to do that anymore. And it's major cost uh, to, to uh, trap the methane without burning it. It's very cheap to just burn it off. They don't want you to do that anymore. 
They also don't have an extensive pipeline supply uh, because the Biden administration has been canceling pipelines. So you got to send it by train. And the trains environmentalists have been sabotaging. Yes, that's true. You don't hear a lot about it. But even last year, there was a sabotage in the southwest of an oil train. uh, And and actually, some civilians got killed in the process when they sabotaged the train. It's happened in the northwest as well. So there are no pipelines. Environmentalists are sabotaging the train lines. It's less sound and less safe unless you want to put it in trucks. There are not enough trucks. There are supply chain issues there. But the one area that's the real lie here, and this is what you must understand, is to say that it would not benefit us immediately because it takes a while to get the oil out of the ground. Where is oil priced? Question. Where is oil priced? A futures market. Oil is priced in a futures market not a present market. The all-time high for oil prior to now was in the summer of 2008, oil hit $147.90. In fact, it was actually higher now. We're expected to get there. So that was your record, $147.90 in the summer of 2008. We're almost there right now. The Fed at the time was cutting rates, not hiking rates, not throwing us into recession, That was July 14th, 2008. The price of oil crashed the next day. The price of oil went down and stayed down, except for a blip when the Lehman Brothers crash happened and and the financial markets went into chaos. What caused the oil price, the day after record high, what caused it to plunge? and stay down. George W. Bush, President of the United States from the White House, announced that he would be lifting the federal ban on offshore drilling. Now that day, Reuters declared it, quote, a largely symbolic move unlikely to have any short-term impact on high gasoline prices. Climate Progress, the left-wing activist site, literally said, quote, yes, and monkeys could fly out of my butt regarding Bush's statement on increasing production via offshore extraction. The Obama campaign pounced, quote, if offshore drilling would provide short-term relief at the pump or or a long-term strategy for energy independence, it would be worthy of our consideration regardless of the risks. But most experts, even within the Bush administration, concede it would do neither. The oil price after Bush's announcement, contrary to what Reuters said, what the Obama administration said, what the left-wing climate activists said, the oil price dropped. By the end of the week, it was down 12%. After a month, remember, it had started at $147 a barrel. 30 days after Bush's announcement, it was $30 a barrel. By election day, it was more than cut in half from the high. Why? Because markets are smarter than the critics and oil is priced on a futures market, not a present market. The experts saw that by tapping our offshore oil reserves, the Bush administration would be supplying more oil into the markets. And yes, while refinery capacity may be tied up and tight, it allowed the oil to be exported overseas as well. 
This administration doesn't want you to know that history. And, and I got to tip my hat to Will Collier, who reminded me of it. The president of the United States says there's nothing we could do. Here's the Los Angeles Times. The United States now has bigger recoverable oil reserves than Saudi Arabia or Russia. The U.S. is sitting on 264 billion barrels, 8 billion more barrels than Russia, and 52 billion more barrels than Saudi Arabia, the dominant member of OPEC. According to a report by Reistad Energy, a respected oil and gas consulting firm based in Oslo, Norway. Three years ago, the U.S. was behind Russia, Saudi Arabia, and Canada in Reistad's estimates of recoverable oil, barrels that are technologically and economically feasible to extract. The big jump for the United States largely stems from technological advancements such as hydraulic fracturing and horizontal drilling that squeeze oil and gas from shale formations. These are the facts. These are the facts the Democrats don't want you to talk about. They want to talk about a refinery glut. They want to talk about unused leases. They don't want to talk about why those leases are not used. And they never, ever, ever want to talk about offshore drilling. On July 14th, 2008, a barrel of West crude oil topped $147.90. By the end of that week, it dropped by 12%. By the end of the month, the price of that same barrel of oil was $30. Why? Because the day it hit the record high, George W. Bush said he would be unleashing American energy reserves onshore and offshore. Oil is priced on a futures market. It's not priced on a present market. The fact that it takes time to get oil out of the ground doesn't matter to a futures market. You unleash American energy reserves today, the price goes down tomorrow in anticipation of oil a year from now. That's the way the market works. It is a futures market. The Biden administration and the American media prefer you not to know these things. They prefer to keep you thinking there's nothing this administration can do. There is nothing this administration can do except George W. Bush proved him wrong in 2008. History shows it. They don't want you to know that history. They have no sense of history. Instead, they'll tell you poor people, go buy a Tesla. That'll be your solution. When in fact, we have larger oil reserves than Saudi Arabia or Russia. We should be using those reserves, but we can't because we are held hostage to an administration held hostage by the climate change zealots. Do you know who Joe Biden's chief of staff is? Ron Klain. Do you know who he used to work for? Mr. Inconvenient Truth himself, Al Gore. Headline, January 28th, 2022. Obama-appointed judge throws out massive Gulf of Mexico oil and gas lease sale. The decision cancels 1.7 million acres of drilling leases, citing a flawed analysis completed during the Trump administration related to climate change. Headline, February 28th, 2022. A month later, Biden administration won't appeal judges' ruling revoking Gulf of Mexico drilling leases. The ruling annulled 1.7 million acres of drilling leases, citing climate change. The oil industry is fighting it. 
This is an administration that wants you to believe it's doing everything domestically. You know, I, I got to give some credit here as much as it pains me um, to do so. We should increase domestic energy production. The Biden administration has driven up the cost so much it hasn't been feasible. They've refused to fight activist judges who have shut down offshore leasing. They won't expand the offshore leasing. They've shut down pipelines that made the flow better. We should expand domestic oil production in this country instead of telling people to get a Tesla. It's very Marie Antoinette of Pete Buttigieg to let them have Teslas. They can't afford gas. They certainly can't afford a Tesla payment. But it is the right thing to do to stop the import of Russian oil. It's only between 3 and 8% of our imports, depending on uh, who is asked. Some will say 3, some will say 8, somewhere in between. But it's the right thing to do, and the Biden administration did not want to do that. Nancy Pelosi, I've got to give her credit, she led the charge in Congress and deserves credit. She built a bipartisan coalition. The Biden administration tried to force them to stop it. She held her ground. Not only that, the Biden administration then went to the Senate and tried to get Ron Wyden from Oregon and a few others to back out of the deal, and Nancy Pelosi pressured them to stay in the deal to ban the import of Russian oil. She deserves some credit there. The problem is that they are not reciprocating and offsetting it by increasing American oil production. The Democrats are perfectly happy to ban the oil. It's an easy ask for them to ban oil. It's very difficult for them to expand domestic production. And the media is going to circle the wagon around them and say, well, there's nothing they can do. And the voters will side with the GOP, who can very easily make the case that there's a lot they can do domestically that they refuse to do. Hello there. Welcome back. The phone number, if you want to be a part of this show, is 877-973-7425. I want to play you a little bit of audio here because we need to talk about a little bit of baiting and switching that has gone on with Joe Biden. Uh, I need you to follow along with me here. Um, because there's something he said that I, I need to go back to here. This is part of the bait and switch by the Biden administration. They don't want you to pay attention to that. They're, they're obfuscating some facts here. And this is, this is what partisans of both sides do. It's not a Democrat side, but this on this particular issue of oil and gas, I need you to listen so one of the things that Joe Biden said uh, this morning at the White House. But, 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 it's no excuse to exercise excessive price increases or padding profits or any kind of effort to exploit this situation or, Amer- or American uh, consumers, exploit them. Russia's aggression is costing us all, and it's no time for profiteering or price gouging. I want to be clear about what we'll not tolerate. But I also want to acknowledge those firms and oil and gas industries that are pulling out of Russia and joining other businesses that are leading by example. This is a time when we have to do our part and make sure we're not taking, we're not taking advantage. Look, let me be clear about uh, two other points. First, it's simply not true that my administration or policies are holding back domestic energy production. 
That's simply not true. Even amid the pandemic, companies in the United States pumped more oil during my first year in office than they did during my predecessor's first year. Right there. Let me replay this. I need you to listen to this. I need you to listen to this. This is the important part here. This is where the bait and switch comes in. The Biden administration is attempting this. Joe Biden himself in the White House, listen to his statement. More oil during my first year in office than they did during my predecessor's first year. That's Joe Biden's claim. Oil and gas companies have produced more oil and gas in his first year as president than in Donald Trump's first year as president. That's true. There's the bait. Now he's going to switch into something else to distract you from the actual fact. Yes, it is a fact that when Donald Trump became president, we were not producing a ton of oil because of Barack Obama preceding him. In the second, the third, and the fourth year of Donald Trump's administration, he produced more oil than Joe Biden's first year in office. That's right. Every year that Donald Trump was in office, he increased energy production. Joe Biden has more energy produced in the country under his first year than Donald Trump's first year, but because his administration wound down offshore leases, onshore leases, and increased regulations and told the energy companies, we're going to put you out of business and move to clean energy, he actually is producing less energy in his first year than Donald Trump's second, third, and fourth year in office. How is it that we plunged in domestic energy production from Donald Trump on January 19th, 2021, his last day in the presidency, to Joe Biden coming in the next day and, and suddenly seeing it go down? Why? Because the active steps of the Biden administration to make it less cost-effective to extract energy. But there's a little more here as well you need to understand. You're an investor. You want to put your money somewhere safe where you're going to get a, an annual return and your money over time is going to grow 30 years of the market. Joe Biden becomes president. And he makes it clear that we are going to eliminate the oil and gas industry, that we are going to move to a sustainable future. At the same time, because of your handling of the COVID pandemic, steel prices have gone through the roof and there aren't a lot of steel pipes around. They've increased regulation. So even if the oil and gas companies wanted to drill, they don't have the investor investing because Joe Biden's already told the investors, your investment's going to go out of business. They don't have the steel for the oil rigs and the pipes because the pandemic has short supplied them. They don't have the support of the government, which has made it harder and more costly to extract. In short, the oil and gas industry in the United States doesn't have the money to invest in capital expenditures to grow their drilling platform and footprint in the United States because Joe Biden and his, his administration have told all their investors, don't invest in these companies anymore. We're going to put them out to pasture. We're, we're going to shut them down. If you were an initial investor, would you want to invest in an oil company when Joe Biden is waging war on them? No, you wouldn't. It's not a good investment. 
So the Biden administration has been crippling the oil and gas industry. Yes, yes, they have leases. They have leases. But to get the oil out of the ground, they need more steel pipes, which they don't have because of supply chains. They need it to be cost effective, which they can't get because the Biden administration is making demands on them related to the the burning of methane and the environmental costs. The Biden administration has canceled oil pipelines that would make it easier and safer to transport the oil to refineries instead of relying on trains and trucks for which we don't have enough. And even if we do, the train lines have been sabotaged by environmentalists more than once in the last few years. It's a very complex issue. But Joe Biden can say that his administration has done nothing, and that's not true. Joe Biden's administration has done a ton to tar and feather the energy industry in this country, direct investor dollars to other outfits, and yet has not been able to get through Congress any meaningful legislation to help offset costs for people to be able to switch. We don't have the power grid in this country in order to handle what Joe Biden wants. And he's provided no meaningful legislation or funding in order to get it done. The Biden administration wants everyone to move to electric vehicles. Now, I need to explain something to progressives. Most progressives in this country live in urban areas where there's public transportation. A whole hell of a lot of other people do not. Suburban voters commute. Rural voters do too. Ex-urban voters do too. They also drive heavy equipment. They have tractors. So it's not just the pickup truck and the family sedan. It's the tractors. It's the combines. It's the harvesters. Everything's got to be switched over. We don't have enough battery capacity. We don't have enough lithium. Even if we did, if we could plug everything up, we don't have enough of a power grid in order to do it. And there are people, we'll just build a bigger power grid. You can't build a bigger power grid unless you're willing to go with nuclear energy and you're not willing to go with nuclear energy. We don't have enough uh, hydroelectric power in this country. There aren't enough dams. You can't put up windmills and solar panels everywhere in a large part because in some places they won't work. I don't know if y'all know this. I don't don't know if you know, but solar panels don't work under trees. Are you going to chop down all the trees? What are you going to do? Are you going to go out to the desert where there are endangered species that depend on the cacti and you're going to tear down all the cacti and put solar panels out? No, because the environmentalists, they don't want you to do that either. This administration does not have a clear view. It has a view of the environmentalists. And the environmentalists actually hate Western capitalism. It's not that they want to save the planet. It's that they want to destroy Western capitalism because they believe that to save the planet, you must destroy Western capitalism. They believe that we need a command and control economy where the government can snap its fingers and do these sorts of things. That's why they look longingly at China, even though China isn't really helping them. Y'all, we really do not just objectively have a power grid that can handle everyone converting to electric cars. We don't have the capacity. We don't generate enough electricity, but it goes beyond that. 
We don't have enough lithium to build the batteries to put people in them. We don't have enough parts to make the electric cars to swap people over. We don't have enough capacity for electric vehicles, let alone the power grid. We still need oil and gas. And in fact, we still need a lot of oil and gas. And in fact, we're going to need a lot of oil and gas for a very long time. You're not going to roll poor people over to battery-powered vehicles, nor are you going to get the rural poor to move into urban areas. My gosh, we just had a global pandemic that impacted urban areas more than rural areas because people were so close together on public transportation. And now your solution is to get people back into the plague buses? Their policies sound good to them. But all you have to do is think a little bit about it. All you have to do is explore just a little bit, and under the surface you realize nothing really adds up the way they claim. Did you go back to the clip I played at the beginning of this segment? Joe Biden said that he produced more oil and gas, or his administration oversaw the production of more oil and gas in its first year than Donald Trump's first year. Yes, it's true. Why? because Donald Trump ramped up production in his first year because Barack Obama's administration didn't do it. And so the Trump administration started in a deficit. They ramped it up. And now what? The truth is Joe Biden has produced less energy or overseen the production of less energy than the second, the third, or the fourth year of the Trump administration. How is it that we went from so high at the end of the Trump administration to so low at the beginning of the Biden administration? It's because the Biden administration has actively and willfully, through their language, through their rhetoric, through their talking points, through their regulations, through their actions, through their refusals to engage and their their efforts to engage in other ways, the energy uh, sector to shut down oil and gas investment and production and to tell them their days are numbered. If you're telling an industry its days are numbered, why would that energy industry then want to go out and try to tap new wells and extract new oil when it's going to be a a long endeavor in order to get it going. The futures market, the futures market would price it in. The futures market doesn't price oil based on now. The futures market prices oil based on the future. And if you could see future energy increases, the oil market would go down. But this administration is working very hard to make sure that can't happen. Not only that, their entire agenda is based on a reality that is not going to exist. All of you get in an electric car tomorrow. Let's just say the Biden administration writes a check. Let's say there are enough Teslas out there for everyone. There are enough Teslas to replace all the all the the tractors and the 18-wheelers, all the 15-passenger vans, there are enough electric cars, regardless of brand out there, we could swap everything tomorrow. And then you all go home at night, and everybody plugs in. There will be massive power outages because we don't have the electric grid to sustain that rate of conversion, the rate of conversion the Biden administration is banking its future policies on. That's just the truth. Truth isn't mean. The truth is the truth. And that's the truth. And that is why 
we need to increase domestic energy oil production in this country in ways the Biden administration claims isn't possible. Somehow it was possible under Donald Trump just two years ago, and now suddenly it's not. That's spin. That's not reality. The Biden administration's lying. They should get blamed for higher gas prices. Yes, it's the right thing to do. Stop getting Russian oil. But it's not the right thing to do when you're not increasing domestic energy, which we could do. Now, one of the companies that's out there fighting for the conservative movement and for, well, conservative common sense solutions when it comes to energy in this country, it's Patriot Mobile. I highly recommend you use Patriot Mobile. They use the same towers that all the other big companies use. You don't have to worry about the quality of service, and they have great customer service. What you do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. My name gets you free activation. They've got 100% U.S.-based customer service. If you don't want to do it online, you can call them, 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. Tell them Eric sent you. You get free activation. You get discounts. You're a veteran, first responder, teacher, NRA member. they got great discounts. If you're a multi-line household with a lot of kids who need cell phones, they can give you good discounts there as well. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. Hello there. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, I actually want to run to the phones real quick to Todd. You're up first today on the Eric Erickson Show. Welcome. Hi, Eric. How are you today? Great. What's going on? I just wanted to call and, and uh, make a comment and, and add sort of a layer to what you're talking about uh, as far as Biden's policies affecting if everyone, if there were enough Teslas and electric vehicles for everyone to buy, and if if the power grid were to build up, if we were to try to build the power grid up, I work for a company that builds substation equipment, and uh, I can't mention the name, but uh, we are experiencing shortages in, in steel, like you said, uh, but also in aluminum, which almost, well, every switch uses a lot of aluminum, copper, uh, silver. We're experiencing shortages in all of that, and some of it they're telling us maybe next year before we can get. And, uh, you know, we could be facing layoffs at some point. We've already got orders, you know, lots of backlog. And that's without trying to ramp up the power grid, you know, to support that. So how would, you know, how would we ever ramp up the power grid to support that kind of power transmission? You know, we can't even take care of the power transmission demands now. Right. Yeah, we can't. It's, it's, there's a total impracticality for what they want, and they're not willing to acknowledge uh, the impracticality. The impossibility right now, we we simply cannot move to the clean energy future the Democrats want right now. What we can do is drive down oil prices. Now, I, I, I want you to pay attention to something. This is really important here. Um, this is this is necessary. The media and the Democrats and the president say that if we were to increase domestic energy production, domestic oil production, it would not have an immediate effect on gas prices in this country. That's what they tell you. You hear this everywhere from Reuters to CNN to the president himself. If we increase domestic energy production, it will take time and it won't have an immediate impact on gas prices. That's what they tell you. The President of the United States 
two hours ago, announced that we will ban Russian oil from entering the market. Gas prices have already gone up since his statement. How is it gas prices can go up immediately when the president says we're going to, in the future, ban Russian oil? It's not an immediate thing, but somehow won't go down immediately when we increase production. It only works one way, apparently. They don't want you to pay attention to that. They do not want you to pay attention to gas prices immediately went up based on a future ban of Russian oil. But they don't want you to believe that gas prices will go down based on a future increase in domestic production. That's really, they want you to believe things that are not so and don't believe your lion eyes and don't believe history. It's all spin and the Republicans should hold them accountable for it in the future. They absolutely should make it a campaign issue that Biden will not increase domestic energy production. Frankly, if I were in the uh, Petroleum Trade Association, I'd be running these ads tomorrow. It's 2022. Things are still crazy. Things haven't settled down. And now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates. You got the economy. You got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher. You see an opportunity where banks, they don't even want to see you. You want to buy a building. You want to build a building. Reach out to the Frost family at First Liberty Building and Loan. They've been helping small businesses become big businesses since the 1990s. They want to help you if they can. So spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a good fit for them and they're a good fit for you. Their website is firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. Again, you need a loan, $750,000 or higher. You're a small business and you see an opportunity to grow. Share it with the Frost family and see if they can help you. Firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. First Liberty Building and Loan can help businesses nationwide become bigger businesses.